It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. This is Dave Debo. Former Niagara County State Senator George Maziars was in court this past week. Basically, he took a plea deal, pleading guilty to one misdemeanor of filing a false instrument, lying on paper more or less, in exchange for the dismissal of five felonies related to some uh, campaign finance issues. He was accused of giving payments to a former staffer out of his campaign fund for stuff that the former staffer didn't do while that former staffer was accused of sexual harassment. Let's get into it a little bit further now. Bill Mahoney is with us. He was in the courtroom. He's with Politico.com. He was there when it all came down. Bill, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Tell me what happened. Uh, Maziars himself was there. Did did he and the judge exchange some conversation about what actually went down? What did he admit to? How did that uh, play out? It was all pretty uneventful, especially given all the buildup to this case. There have been investigations and rumors for years about um, how he has spent his campaign money. And then it's been nearly a year since he was first indicted and brought to the courthouse. And they've appeared basically every other month since then. Um, but it ended pretty quickly. They were in there. I think the entire thing took less than 10 minutes where they just laid out the terms of the plea arrangement and basically um, walked on out of there. Ended with a whimper, not a bang. It, it, exactly. Um, it, the total punishment for him was a $1,000 fine plus some surcharges. Um, and I guess he's got the misdemeanor conviction on his record right now, but that's obviously not nearly as serious as if he had been convicted of even one of the felonies. Other than the severity of a misdemeanor contrasted with the felonies, how does what he pleaded to differ from what he was charged with? Uh, he still said that he gave money to the staffer, Glenn Arano, right? Yes, um, th- that was um, the what was at debate this entire time. For the past year, every time he appeared in court, his attorney had said this wasn't his doing. It was his staffers who basically were put in charge of dealing with filing the campaign forms. He had no idea what was happening there. But under when he was under oath um, and laying out the terms of the plea agreement, the judge asked Maviars, did you knowingly file this paperwork, knowing um, all this had happened? And he did say yes which, according to Attorney General Eric Schneiderman, was the most important thing. Um, the penalty might not be too severe. Um, $1,000 is, most people could, that's much better than 20 years in prison, which he could have theoretically been facing, obviously. And what was charged in the five felonies that now go away? It, it was basically the same thing. Um, there was, it, it was it, the, the charges and the accusations were very similar to what he pled to. I, I think... Um, in the end, though, they just decided to let him off, admitting to one of them, but reducing what they were charging him with for the actions that he had admitted to. Schneiderman, the attorney general, after the uh, after the case was done, basically said, uh, hey, this is a victory. The quote that I read was something along the lines of, not even George Maziars can use a campaign account to uh, deceive the public, and uh, no one's above the law in, in that respect. The defense attorney, though, kind of had a different take on it, said, uh, hey, th- they didn't have enough of a case to go on the five felonies. This was the best they thought they could do, so we took it. Explain what the defense's uh, rationale was there, and, and who was right? Is Schneiderman correct in saying that, hey, we, we at least got him on something, or is the defense correct in saying, you know, they, they didn't have much of a case here? I think there's virtue to both sides. Um, if you look at Schneiderman's line of reasoning, there have been a lot of incidents over the years of people spending their campaign funds on um, unseemly things, and none of these have ever resulted in anything. 
most of the time there's an investigation and the district attorney decides, I just don't want to step into this political messy water for a charge that's difficult to convict on. And so even though the penalty wasn't too severe, it was the first time that a major figure has really got into any trouble for their campaign finance spending. But on the other side, um, what Maziar's attorney argued is, yes, this has been a huge sink of taxpayer resources. This started um, with the Moreland Commission that was created by Governor Cuomo five years ago before he disbanded it. It was picked up by federal prosecutors. It went to um, the State Board of Elections and the Attorney General's office. And now we've had these court appearances for a year. And that all led to a $1,000 fine, which is a tiny fraction of just the legal fees in this case. Do you think that a $1,000 fine, and, and I guess I'm asking you to maybe take off the reporter hat and be more of an analyst here, because I know we're, we're reaching into the realms of speculation. But uh, do you think that a $1,000 fine is enough of a deterrent? Uh, can Schneiderman stick out his chest and boast that he's tough on corruption here? It's certainly possible. I can't recall a time when any campaign spending has led to subpoenas for more details that were followed up by actual legal action. And so even though the penalty um, probably isn't going to hurt Senator Maziar's too much, he's not running for office anymore. He retired once it became clear that the spending was under investigation. Um, His career is basically over as an elected official like it's not you don't ever want to completely rule out a comeback but the fact that he did have to deal with all this spend four hundred thousand dollars on attorneys that 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 could be a deterrent for people who might be thinking about trying to hide something in their campaign file it's just the fact that we've had one example of one of these being investigated over the years that might scare a few people away and I i think another part of the 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 puzzle here uh, certainly significant on the local front. Yeah, I know you're Albany-based, but I also know you have roots here. Um, he was a player. He was kind of, a, they, they in Niagara County, they called him a kingmaker at times. It, he was a player both in Niagara County and at the state level, too. He was the third most powerful member of the Republican conference in the state Senate, which basically controls half the legislature, um, which was always kind of an undercurrent in this trial, too, where Maziar's attorneys frequently accused Schneiderman of political action against Maziar's. Um, Schneiderman was a senator himself back during the coup in 2009 that threw the Senate into chaos for a summer once Republicans convinced two Democrats to flip. And Maziar's had been one of the key people in organizing that, which um, Schneiderman was never happy about. Um, and he's since convicted to, or he's since indicted to the two key people involved in that, um, Steve Pigeon and George Maziar's, which I think speaks in some part to how powerful Maziar's was in the state Senate, where people can kind of view this long-serving feud that goes back nearly a decade between the two. Yeah, and talk about the timing here. By by taking this plea now, uh, the trial was set to begin on Monday or, or this coming week, was it? Yeah, Monday, and there is a long list of people who are expected to testify, which... They're not going to testify now. We did get a lot of information from the indictments and some of the evidence that was made public. But obviously, we would have learned a lot more about maybe some other things that had happened among Niagara County Republicans in recent years had they actually appeared in courthouse. Yeah, in large part, you answered my next question. By not going to trial, uh, the book is closed here. We don't get to peek, uh, peek at those pages as much as we otherwise would have. Yeah, exactly. And we've seen that just the past um, month with the Joe Percoco trial in New York City where, yeah, we did get the general picture a year and a half ago when he was first indicted. 
but it seems like every day there's been a new witness who says something that adds to the understanding of how the governor's office has operated. And before we let you go here, I think another little piece that helps uh, sort of explain this case and and talk about the the scope, uh, the power that Maziar's had, um, this case also involved Henry Watasek, the former Niagara County GOP chairman, who at the time of the alleged crimes was the chairman. Talk a little bit about his role in it all, uh, and and would we have seen him on the stand if indeed it went to the full trial? Yeah, I believe he was set to testify very early on in the trial. Um, he had pled guilty to a separate misdemeanor last March, and it did seem that he was cooperating with the attorney general's office. Um, but once again, the details about what he would have actually said, that's something that we'll never really know because he, there won't be a trial now for him to actually testify in. Who else was set to uh, to be part of the uh, the witness list? Um, it was a long list of... Um, there were a whole bunch of Niagara Republicans. Um, I know the big one was Michael Morris, who's an assemblyman now himself, but had worked with... Um, both Maziars and Orbeck, when I believe he was actually a Republican chair himself in Niagara County um, at a separate point in time. But the fact that you'd have a sitting assemblyman appearing in court certainly raised a lot of eyebrows. All right. Now, talk to me before we let you go here. What is next? Is there anything else that's still hanging fire uh, from the Moreland Commission? Uh, is there stuff out there that, that might be percolating through the courts after this? To a degree, this seemed like an anticlimactic end to the Moreland Commission that drew so much attention years ago. Um, to a degree, um, the Sheldon Silver and Dean Skelos cases, there were both some ties to some of the stuff that the Moreland Commission was looking at, but there was never really the sense that Preet Bharara's investigations were directly due to the Moreland Commission's work. Well, this seems to be exactly, the Maziar's charges seem to be exactly what Moreland was, work, was looking at before it dissolved. So after all these years of Big subpoena battles back in 2013, and then an uproar about the governor shutting it down in 2014, and then this trial that's continued for a year now. The the big result seems to be a $1,000 fine, which does seem like a fizzling out to all that drama over the course of the past five years. All right, Bill, thanks so much for your time this morning. Good stuff. Uh, Bill Mahoney, a reporter with Politico.com's Albany Bureau, again looking at the, uh, the plea deal this past week taken by former Niagara County State Senator George Mazier.